Welcome to Booksmart, a podcast where we read and share books that have a positive influence on our daily lives. Whether it's self-improvement, success, or something fun, we're here to help you read your way to a better you. I'm Melissa. And I'm Em. And this week, we're discussing our personal notes on The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. As we talked about in episode 12, in the number one New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages, you'll discover the secret that has transformed millions of relationships worldwide. Whether you're single or your relationship is flourishing or failing, Dr. Gary Chapman's proven approach to showing and receiving love will help you experience deeper and richer feelings of intimacy with future partners or your significant other starting today. In this episode, Melissa and I are going to talk about my love of the love languages and we'll help Melissa figure out which is her primary love language. Plus, we'll revisit episode five, Designing Your Life, to check in on M's progress with adding more play into her life. Plus, I'll share my least favorite part about last week's episode. <laughs> All right, M, you love the love languages, but you hadn't read this book before. So tell us more about what you thought. I loved the five love languages even more than I already loved them. <laughs> the love has grown for the love of the love languages. <laughs> yeah, it really has. It helped me realize paying attention to my own and the people around me just it sent up little love triggers as I was reading this book like you know the little like love emoji on Instagram where it's like the little heart it just felt like there were little love heart emojis like flying up all over the pages for me because I was seeing opportunities where other people had expressed love to me and I hadn't necessarily known it was their love language or it was triggering memories for me of family members like watching them in sort of key moments in their relationships and I was remembering moments from my past that were especially important to me. And overall, it was just a really positive life and love affirming experience to remember that there are so many different ways we can communicate love to others and that they're giving it back to us too. What I will say about the book is it's not very long mm -hmm. in a good way. Yeah. And taking the quiz online, I think is great. Would highly recommend it. You can find it in our show notes at booksmartpodcast.com slash 13. But the book gives examples, and so I think in, in a lot of ways it's more helpful to read through the book and then work through your love language mm -hmm. than it could be to take the quiz. I think both are valuable. If you don't have time to read the book or don't have an interest, the quiz is really great. Highly recommend it. But sometimes I think showing rather than telling is a way that I personally learn best. Yeah, and I think I would recommend listening to our last episode rather than taking the quiz. I started retaking the quiz after reading the book, and then I stopped because I just felt like I had so much more knowledge as a result of reading the book that I knew what it was. I was just taking the quiz to confirm what it was. And having all of the examples from the book or us talking out what each of the love languages was, I think that's really enough for people to get a sense of it or to start zeroing in on what it is for them. Yeah, great point. Um, shameless promo. Listen yeah. to episode 12 if you found <laughs> yourself here and haven't heard it yet because we do go through all five love yeah. languages and talk about how you might identify your own. Yeah. Screw that quiz. Who needs it? <laughs> <laughs> well, and the quiz is what told me I was words of affirmation when it turns out I'm definitely not that. So I think there's some wording in the online quiz that just didn't resonate me with me for whatever reason. So mm -hmm. I was not selecting those answers. And then, of course, I read the book and was like, no, life changer, 
quality time and especially the dialect of quality conversation, it's huge for me. Well, so that concept of dialects he covers mm-hmm. in the book. So he's using this like language terminology. But the way that somebody might respond to quality time, there were two main components, right. dialects. One is quality conversation. One is quality activities. Now, if you feel that language, you might need both of those. But it could also be true that one is much stronger for you. So I think the quiz won't necessarily capture the specific dialect of the language that you're speaking, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Within that example, I have two small examples, which is that I definitely speak the dialect of quality conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, I call couch time, Mm -hmm. the time when I'm sitting with my partner on my couch and we're like just talking about our life, our thoughts, our feelings. Like I have a a phrase for that because it's that important to me. And those are some of my favorite moments in my relationship. Um, Mm, So even before reading this, you called it couch time. I called it couch time. That's amazing. I mean, just recently in episode 11, we talked about how naming things is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And so you've named this and identified it as something that you need and feel love from. Yeah. Yeah. So now I know that I can build that in. And before it was like a nice to have. And I Mm -hmm. always loved when I got to spend that time with a partner doing that. But now I can build it into my relationships. And similarly, when I spend time with friends, whenever we're in a quality conversation, that's always like absolutely what fills my love tank. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, the other example I have is from quality activities. And this is not something that totally resonates with me, despite this being my primary love language. But several years ago, when my brother's girlfriend moved up from Georgia. I hadn't really seen them spend a lot of time together, but now she was back in Pennsylvania and I was getting to observe them a lot (laughs) because they were together. And we went on a family vacation all together with both my brothers and actually both their partners, my parents. And over the course of that week together, I saw my brother and his girlfriend spend so much time cooking, doing puzzles and listening to music together. And that was the moment on that vacation when I realized, exactly how strong their relationship was and exactly how much they loved each other. I think that they probably share that love language and that dialect, but even if they don't, it was so clear that the other was absolutely giving their time and attention and energy to really be there and be present to the activity they were doing together. Those are two great examples of how one love language can be expressed in different ways. Mm -hmm. I think that's something I took away from reading the book versus, again, doing the quiz is Mm -hmm. just how many different ways you can express love within a language are. Yeah. I will go ahead and say that the problem I have with this book is not about the languages themselves. Yeah. The first time I read this book, I mentioned in the last episode, it really struck me that I could use this knowledge to better communicate with my loved ones. And that was so powerful and I'm so grateful for it. Mm -hmm. But the five love languages – all kind of sound like a yes, please to me. Like that's my biggest struggle is that I think a lot of them would make me feel loved. Mm -hmm. Somebody spending quality time or in a quality conversation with me, that sounds great. A nice like reassuring hug in a time of need, sounds great. Words of affirmation about me getting through something tough, sign me up. Like (laughs) I could go through all of it and they all sound like I would feel love. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't think – I necessarily benefited from the quiz as much. Mm -hmm. And it's why I had a harder time figuring out what my love language was because I used to say, oh, yeah, I'm like all three of these things. Right. And Dr. Gary does not recommend that you have three love languages because he says a couple are probably stronger. And so I started doing the two approaches in the book, Mm -hmm. working backwards Mm -hmm. and flipping them. Mm-hmm. So instead of imagining if somebody did this, would you feel love? I imagined if somebody did not do this or did the opposite of this, right. would I feel hurt? Right. 
first of all, let's reframe. It's not a problem that you <laughs> like to receive love from all five categories. I feel like that's a total success because there's more opportunities for your love tank to be truly full. And so, I actually do yeah. feel that way as well. Yeah, I that's feel like a huge it's a plus, plus that I yeah. think a lot of these yeah. I would feel loved about. Yeah. But so narrowing it down to your top three, do you want to reveal what they are? Sure. So working backwards is one of the strategies he recommends. And I think that that helped me eliminate a few of them. Mm -hmm. And I feel pretty confident eliminating gifts, which I think is interesting because some of my loved ones do speak the love language of gifts. Mm -hmm. I still, again, like I still enjoy receiving gifts Mm -hmm. when they're really thoughtful and I think it's really great, but I don't necessarily think it's my top one. Mm -hmm. So I think on like gut feel alone, we can eliminate that one. And this is where it started to get a little trickier. I was really only able to eliminate that one at first. But then I think I realized I could also eliminate acts of service. Mm -hmm. What's tough about that is I think in a good partnership, things like chores should be equitably split. So what I realized is that I don't think it's a way I would want a partner to show me love, Mm -hmm. but it is an expectation I have of a healthy relationship that I'm not doing all the chores. Yeah, a loving relationship is a division of labor too. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I think, although I fully appreciate how somebody could feel loved Mm -hmm. by acts of service, and I have loved ones who their love language definitely is acts of service, Mm -hmm. I think for me, this is almost like the kind of the way I see all five of these is that Every relationship needs some degree yeah. of all of them, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's the one that makes me feel the most loved. To me, it's like, okay, well, if you're not helping out around the house, like we have a, a problem. We have a bigger problem. We have like a communication and partnership issue. Yeah, the but, problem is bigger than your love tank Yeah, now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're not talking about my love tank. We're talking about like the oil tank at this point. So <laughs> in the car, the yeah. literal car. <laughs> so those th- were the two I eliminated, okay. which leaves quality time, words of affirmation, and physical touch. So from there, I basically panicked and I was like, oh no, I don't want to get rid of any of these three. I love all of them. I love, love, love is great. And this is maybe M where you can help me decide (laughs) which are my favorites. (laughs) I think I, I used to think it was quality time. Like Mm -hmm. for a really long time, I thought that was my top love language. But again, this is for me personally. I think that that might not be mine either because all relationships need time together. Like to me, this is maybe part of what I would say is the core part of a relationship, Mm -hmm. but I'm also kind of happy spending time by myself. Mm -hmm. And if a partner felt the need, I was trying to invert it. If I were ignored for a week, would I feel unloved? Mm -hmm. And I don't think that I would. I think that I would assume that my partner was spending their time well or intentionally on something else and I would be fine. Okay. On the other hand, this is where, like, I started to realize I think that words of affirmation Mm -hmm. is my love language, which I didn't expect. But when people say, not even mean, but, like, slightly Mm -hmm. wrong things about me or things that I don't agree with, I will stew on that. Yeah, you hang on to them. I understand. (laughs) And I think the other reason I didn't notice words of affirmation was my love language is because when I took this book, reading, quiz, all of it for the first time – I actually think I was in a place where I had people around me who give a lot of words of Mm. affirmation, and I think I was in a job where my boss was giving Mm -hmm. me words of affirmation, and I think I didn't notice that my love tank was full. Mm -hmm. And so now that I don't particularly Mm -hmm. get words of affirmation Mm -hmm. from as many places, Mm -hmm. I think it might be easier for me to notice that this might be my love language and that I really do appreciate little in particular words of encouragement. Yeah. I don't necessarily need 
to this is not a reality. This is a hypothetical. I don't need a boss who like constantly praises me. Right. Yeah. But what I do need are like encouraging words or if I feel like something is challenging, like mm-hmm. I feel like I do need somebody to be there You're with like, me. Hey, I see you. You're doing a great job. I'm helping you out. I'm with you. Exactly. Keep and I up. think when I don't get words of affirmation, it feels very lonely. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm sure could be how most people, when they don't get their love language, it could feel very lonely. I yeah. would imagine that's universal. Yeah. You saying that made me realize, like, I think that is key. And that's how I figured out that mine was not actually words of affirmation because mm-hmm. it turns out I can live without them, but I can't live without quality time because that is what makes me feel super lonely. And I'm a person yes. who needs a lot of independent time, mm-hmm. but if I don't have a little bit of quality time, I feel like just alone on my island and it's like what is what is life yeah which sucks yeah what is life so that's that's interesting Mm -hmm. that words of affirmation and 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 so physical touch is still up there too i haven't eliminated it yeah and i think the reason why is because like to me it's it's his examples of really like implicit right physical touch it's the things like the you know like a hug at the end of a long day or Mm -hmm. if we're watching a movie and like being next to somebody on a couch, like those are the specific things right. that make me feel loved. Same, yeah. But again, to kind of like play devil's advocate, I'm trying to flip all of these around. I think my words of affirmation need is stronger. However, if I were in a relationship, like a romantic relationship with somebody who was never near me, I think that that would be challenging. Mm-hmm. But words of affirmation still rose to the top. So mm-hmm. that's how I decided that words of affirmation was my love language. Yeah. It's so fascinating. We have the exact same hierarchy. Like I'm able to really easily eliminate gifts. N- and next up is like I want acts of service in my relationship because I think that's part of like meeting in the middle and mm-hmm. being on the same team. But my the three are quality time, at words of affirmation, and physical touch. And I realized – last year that I can kind of do without physical touch. It's not my ideal because I want it, but I was Mm -hmm. in a long-term, or excuse me. Long distance. I was in a long distance relationship, so there was no physical touch. And what was left were words of affirmation and quality time. And I was getting both in equal measure and it was wonderful. But when I started eliminating the one that I would be able to live without, without feeling lonely, then I was able to take out words of affirmation. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tricky thing to do because – I don't want listeners to feel like they can only choose one. Exactly. Like that was my biggest struggle is like yeah. even now when I'm telling all of you that I think mine is words of affirmation, yeah. it's kind of in a like, oh, but wait, like please don't take the other things away from me. Right. Like I don't think that that's the only way that I feel love. Yeah. And I think we can make the broad statement here and say, who cares? You don't have to choose one. Right. If there are a <laughs> bunch that are really important to you, then let there be a bunch. Like that so makes true. everyone's job easier. It makes your partner's job easier. It makes your friend's jobs easier. Like you are willing to accept love from all angles. Like, great. Right. Like, Do that. Dr. Gary says there are five, but like, you know your life better than Dr. Gary yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that this is still, I really enjoyed the book, but I used it more about how I could learn about my loved ones and show mm-hmm. them affection more than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Before we let M talk about designing her life, there's one more thing I have to say, which is my least favorite part of last week's episode. Yeah, we had that teaser. What is it? What is it? And by the way, I did not tell M what it was. <laughs> so she's like over here dying. The thing that I hated about this book, even though I get it, is the phrase, the love tank. I know. I'm oh, so glad you said that. Oh I was going to say in the last episode, it's so cheesy. Okay. Everything about this phrase to me is a hard pass. The problem <laughs> is that like as a visual it's really great because yeah. I think the concept of having an empty tank and filling it up is good. Yeah. In other books, we've talked about like having a bucket or filling it up. Mm-hmm. I think I would have preferred that. 
But love tank sounds like I'm in some terrible, like, 80s romance yeah. show and like possibly it's a love tank more of like a hot tub situation Ew. like everything <laughs> about this phrase and the number of times i had to say it in the last episode yeah. and like be normal and be cool about it <laughs> was a challenge for me and i just needed to get it off my chest that i feel like if you don't want to walk around talking about your love tank and talk to your partner and be like hey honey you know what? My love tank is empty. Can you fill up my Ew. love tank? Like it just everything about this I hate. I'm so glad. I'm glad you saved it for this episode because we would have ranted for 10 minutes about the <sighs> I know. creepiness of the love tank. I do think it's a really useful visual. It makes sense why he uses it absolutely um and i think he's also he like made the comparison to that this is just as important as like the oil tank in your car because if it runs dry your car will break and your relationship will break so i see why he's using it but it's icky it, it i just had to get that off my chest <laughs> but funny enough em we are now going to talk about designing your life and they yeah. had a dashboard yep and so they did a similar exercise where they had you rate you know your Work satisfaction, your play. We're going to talk about your, you know, play in a minute. But they didn't make it weird. Yeah, somehow the tanks for play, work, relationships, and health were that wasn't uncomfortable. Like meter, right? I don't know. I just listeners, if you like the tank thing, like let it live. But I'm just here to say, like, I found it to be troubling. <laughs> and on that note. Let's talk about you. <laughs> Troubling. So um, in episode five on designing your life, we did talk about more tanks, mm -hmm. <laughs> the tanks for health, work, play, and love. And your play tank was middling to empty. So the idea of prototyping is something that really stuck with both of us from the book. Mm -hmm. And you decided to implement a designer's bias to action mindset to test out some of your ideas for embracing play in your life. And you listed a tango lesson or a drum lesson, and you said that you would kind of go from there. So tell us what has happened. I am the queen of rock. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I've had one drum lesson and I loved it. But backing up first, I'm really glad that I made that public declaration on the podcast that I was mm -hmm. going to commit to that lesson for, you know, either the drumming or the tango lesson because I wanted to try either because I'm an obliger. And we talk about that in episode one, the four tendencies with Gretchen Rubin's personality framework for how people respond to expectations. And that means that for me, outer accountability really helps me to meet inner expectations. So my inner expectation was like, I want to have more fun. I want to play more. And by saying on the podcast that I was going to try this experiment and prototype this type of play for me actually made me follow through. So cool. I did it just this week. So like I went on vacation, I came home, I scheduled it, but mm -hmm. I was committed to getting it in before this recording date. Um, nice. Yeah. So it actually happened. Um, I ended up emailing both a tango instructor and a drum teacher in my area. And I just felt more called to take the drums lesson. So I had my first lesson. It was only 30 minutes, so it wasn't super overwhelming, but I got a really good taste of what the experience would be like. It was good to do a small dose because I already feel really proud of what I accomplished. Mm -hmm. So sort of thinking back to the power of moments. You're using a level up strategy. I'm, yeah, I'm leveling up. I already feel like there's a little bit of pride built in. Um, it was really fun. I'm going to keep doing it. I have a weekly lesson set up. And 
I, I'm psyched. Like also thinking about love languages a little bit, whether or not my instructor says this to everybody, but he told me that I actually did have like a natural proclivity to like rhythm and drumming, Ooh. which was cool because I was told as a kid that I should not sing, that I am not musically inclined. Like I can't believe somebody said that to I you. I know. It's like certain teachers just don't know how damaging that can be. Ugh. But so this, it was really affirming. And um, even though Apparently, words of affirmation is not my primary love language. It definitely was really, really nice to hear from somebody that was like, he was like, yeah, you're on the right track. Like, you're hearing it. A lot of students aren't even doing this in their first lesson. So, like, you've got something. Keep going. Yeah. I mean, I think for anyone, even if that isn't your primary love language, that kind of validation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because we did recently talk about in the power of moments, just yeah. that ability to have a little moment of pride mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. feel like you're doing something well. Yeah. That can be really influential. Yeah. And it's great that he didn't tell you that you have no musical inclination. Oh my God, I know. God, people are terrible. (laughs) Some people are terrible. I have risen from the ashes of that childhood trauma. Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear how your future rock band goes. Thanks. I can't wait to create my, my indie rock band. I will be there. You could sing. You're oh my singer. god! No, I meant I would be in the crowd. Okay. Let's, okay. So let's okay. Know. We'll discuss this later. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> How do I awkwardly exit a podcast conversation when we're in the same room and I can't leave? <laughs> so we cut to the outro now, right? <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. To view the complete show notes and learn more about the five love languages or take the quiz, visit booksmartpodcast.com/thirteen. Once you've read the book, we'd love to hear about it. Share your experience from the five love languages or any of our previous books by emailing us at hello at booksmartpodcast.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 929-515-BOOK. That's 929-515-BOOK or 2665. And who knows, maybe you'll be featured on a future episode. Plus, a new quick thing. We love creating new episodes of Booksmart, and we're committed to really high-quality content and production for you high-quality listeners. But podcasting ain't cheap, and that's why we accept support now in the form of coffee. So if you would like to fuel us with coffee, which, by the way, does also cover a lot of podcast equipment, you can support our show by going to booksmartpodcast.com coffee. No pressure, but any help, even truly a dollar or a few, is much appreciated. Thanks again for joining us on this week's episode of Booksmart. Until next time, happy reading.